You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Drake, and joining me is my beautiful rare sunshine over here the man who's about to turn i think 60 next was it uh the 19th david wise esquire davy page views what's up beautiful doing great man ready for a ready for a fun little conversation that's gonna get our our nerd on oh yeah for those of you that don't know that we will actually you probably know because we talk about it all the damn time and we won't stop talking about it dave and i are lawyers me newly admitted this past february and dave has been an attorney for the past was it now dave six years Seven years. So, oh, ooh, ooh, my bad, Dave. I need to give you credit for that. But the one thing right. that we're talking about, actually, on all seriousness, is that the, the NIL stuff comes into effect uh, July 1st. And Florida was one of the premier states, was a torchbearer for the entire movement by signing that law. And Florida State has gone even a step further with their new Apex program. And for those of you like, hey, you know, what does the NIL stuff mean for that? Well, luckily, I was able to get in contact with one of the premier sports law uh, personalities, also a professor at the New York School of Law, and that's Mr. Dan Lust. Dave, could you do a little breakdown a little bit of what we talked about with Dan and kind of a way that you'll, you'll have a better understanding of how to break it down for our listeners at home? Yeah, so first thing I just want to say, you got to give you the typical lawyer disclaimer. Nothing that we're talking about with Dan is legal advice. We're really just analyzing what things mean, what the ramifications might be, like, for example, of the NIL stuff, what we expect the impacts to be on the college football landscape, uh, but in a way that our average listener can understand. We, we can, we're all attorneys, uh, the three of us. We could talk in a lot of words that probably won't make sense to most people, and that wouldn't be fun to listen to. So we tried to have a conversation with him that everybody can understand and appreciate about what sports law is, about what's going on in sports, about antitrust, for example, that word may not mean anything to a lot of people, but it's, it's, it's a fun conversation that we think everybody will be able to appreciate in understanding a little more about the legal side of sports. Yeah. And I think it's really good that, cause Dan is the host is the host of the number one sports law podcast out there conduct detrimental which i've been listening to since its inception since i was in law school i mean as many of you know that that's the field i eventually want to get into and you're going to hear at the end of it i'm going to have to recut the outro actually because i was so i nerded out very hard i was very excited for the entire thing actually our sign up was i'm dave that was drake so i was like oh wow i said the wrong name that's really great but no dan is probably the one of the i was very excited to have him on because i think he explains this in a way that even an average, like an average listener that like, doesn't have a legal background will understand. And that's the, the true qualities of a really good attorney. And he's probably one of the best out there. And like Dave said too, like Dave had some really great questions also. And like, we were able to keep it to a point where we're not asking, you know, super deep in depth, like questions that only lawyers will kind of understand if they have, have the somewhat of a background. We're able to keep it to a way that you can explain it to you, to, you know, your, your grandmother, or maybe even your five-year-old, which is what, why I think this interview was so great. Yeah, and Dan, Dan was a lot of fun to talk to also. It wasn't just information. It was a lot of fun. He gives opinions on sports, and it was a really good time. Oh, it was a blast, and I can't wait to have him back on tour. I already have a few questions I want to ask him, but, you know, hey, maybe if these players do end up do getting paid, I personally think they'll go the independent contractor route. But we'll discuss that, you know, at a later date. So with that being said, let's take it on over to me, Drake, not Dave, to Dave as well, and Dan, or oh, sorry, Professor Lust 
at the New York School of Law from the Conduct Detrimental Podcast. Take it away, folks. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. And for once, we actually um, we're joined by a third attorney. We actually have the host of the number one sports law podcast out there, Conduct Detrimental Professor. Now, actually started I think the past two months ago or something like that. Professor Dan Lust. Dan, how's it going? Uh, I'm good. And yes, the professor, I'm still getting used to it, um, but uh, it's very exciting. I'm teaching at New York Law School, their sports law class in the fall. So uh, super pumped. Uh, and thank you for the shout out on the podcast as well. Hey, no, listen, man, I'm a huge, huge fan of that podcast. I was, I was listening to your interview with Andy Schwartz actually earlier today. So I think that was pretty perfect to what we're going to talk about today. So folks, what we're going to be discussing today is the big thing. NIL for Florida specifically starts July 1st. And I don't think of anyone better than Dan actually, you know, to discuss that and explain that. But before we go into that, me and Dave were discussing that a lot of people like don't know what sports law really is. People may just think, you know, it's a the big contract. Stuff like that. Like, could you like break it down in the layman's terms? What exactly is sports law to a layman, layman person? So, yeah, I mean, my definition might vary from other people's, but sports law uh, might shock some people. It's not necessarily a real thing, quote unquote. Uh, sports law is really just at least the term that I use it. When, um, you know, someone, when an athlete or uh, someone that's connected to the sports realm has a legal case, be it, uh, it could be a criminal case, it could be a civil case, it could be like Sean Watson with the sexual assault case, you need a lawyer that tends to understand the sports components of it, and also understands the legal components of it. So for example, today, we're recording this, uh, you know, early in the week, there is uh, Bob Baffert, you know, the famed Kentucky Derby uh, trainer is suing Kentucky racing officials. Uh, so, you know, uh, sports law is anywhere, it's everywhere, it's antitrust, it's name, image, and likeness, anytime that lawyers are involved, you know, uh, in the sports topics, I, I call that sports law. Sports law by itself, maybe you want to call it like an arbitration case when you're settling those like one-year contracts in, in baseball or hockey, maybe that's quote sports law, but I, I think, uh, you know, we've, we've seen so many legal issues play out in sports, and I think sports law is kind of this, this catch-all term that if you do represent athletes in some capacity, uh, then you could take the moniker uh, sports law. So I think, I guess the big thing that we can just dive right in is the uh, the NIL that's actually happening. And in Florida is one of, I want to say, five states, maybe six that are starting it up July 1st. No, Arizona is like later on in the month. Could you tell the audience like how important it is, like how big this is, is actually just not only for student athletes as a whole, but probably for the institutions in the states as well? Yeah, I mean, I guess let's let's put it this way. It's very big for the athletes, but it's also very big for the schools. So there's a world, I mean, you guys are, Seminoles podcast. I've been going on shows across the country and I've been explaining for anyone that wants to listen that this is going to be a massive recruiting edge for uh, for Florida schools. It's just it's a no brainer. So as of July 1st, we'll see if uh, the NCAA and I'm sure we'll get into it on the show. But if the NCAA doesn't do anything and the federal government doesn't step in. There are five states that are standing to get a very big recruiting edge. Recruiting edge from high school and recruiting edge in terms of the transfer portal. Uh, it's Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and New Mexico. Why is it good for the schools? Good for the players? Good for the players, obviously, because they can make some compensation off their off their likeness, right? But good for the schools because they're getting a massive recruiting edge. Florida State, Miami, Florida Gulf Coast, my you know up up and down U of F. Um, if you have to decide between, hey, should I go to Tennessee or should I go to Florida or should I go to a Florida school? It's going to be a no-brainer. So, yeah, just even the thought that for one year you can get paid uh, and get make some compensation from being a Florida-based athlete as opposed to one of the neighboring states, I think that's a good enough reason to go. And I think we're kind of seeing that play out so far 
uh, in the transfer portal as well. Athletes are tending to go, um, you know, to, to these NIL schools. So interesting. I mean, people, people should be paying attention to it. Are you going to see any implicate like title nine implications of this? Because I mean, you're going to tend to see, I presume most athletes that benefit from the NIL stuff are probably going to be males and probably in the revenue generating sports, football, basketball, are there going to be any implications from that? I mean, yes. I mean, the short answer is, is yes. Uh, there is, I mean, we'll take one step back. There is case law, which I wasn't familiar with initially. And then I, you know, somebody pointed it out to me. Title IX, I don't think is actually applicable to the, uh, to the NCAA because it's not a federal entity. They don't get federal monies. So we talk about Title IX, like you kind of, you know, when you see it, right? Like, you know, if, if you are favoring women or men's sports over women's sports, we'll call that a Title IX. That occurs in a number of contexts, um, but when it comes to the actual NCAA, I think there's going to be, well, Dave, your concern, I think is mine as well, that some of these, uh, we'll say, lower money sports are gonna be uh, left out to dry. So uh, people are kind of paying attention. Football and basketball are the main money makers at any school across the country. Those are really the main two. Some school of women's basketball is profitable, but that's really it. Those are the big three. And in some states, what they'd like you to do is basically take the pool of money that these sports are generating and divvy it back out pro rata to each sport, depending on how much money they make. And if you do that, uh, you know, uh, women's sports are going to be harmed. And it's just the nature of the beast. There aren't the same television contracts, not the same attendance, not the same tickets at, at some of these women's sports. So I think the concern is real. I think the concern is real because uh, for, you know, past um, 10, you know, we'll, say, we'll say decades, all other sports are funded principally by basketball and football. And if you give football and basketball players those funds uh, and you direct them toward those programs, it's obviously going to hurt the other sports. Hey, folks. Sorry to pull you guys away from the interview with Professor Dan Lust, but I think he'd be fine if I was telling you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether it be MLB, stay away from the Marlins, folks. We're not doing so hot. NBA, NBA playoffs are going on right now. I think the Hawks are ready for a deep run, maybe a... NBA Finals run, NHL, take over the Lightning. I'm not a huge fan, but they are probably the best team in the conference right now. And all your UFC and MMA action, I think UFC 263 is going to be probably one of the best cards of the year. And if you need some picks, my DMs are wide open. So head over to the website or use your mobile device today and you get received 50%, that's 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code Locked On. That is once again 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code is Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, BetOnline, your online sportbooks experts. And when you're done with that, head over to Rock Auto, rockauto.com. Listen, folks, I have told you guys repeatedly about rockauto.com. My uncle, Dio Francisco, shout out Delray Beach, has been, a part, has been a mechanic for over 30 years. That's 30 years. And he's been using Rock Auto since its infancy 20 years ago. Rockauto.com is, probably one, is a family-owned business that provides all your car and auto parts whatever you need, whether it be your headlights, taillights, or maybe something like, you know, carpeting or your AC is acting on the fritz. Evis, I know you need to get the thing fixed. Go ahead on over to rockauto.com. If you go there right now and you write locked on in their how did you hear about section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Head on over, folks. So then I guess like going to actually those schools in general, like do you see like, you know, with schools like maybe like, a school like Alabama or a school like Florida State, like actually, you know, packaging, making packages for their potential student athletes, like when NL actually does get passed. And do you see like certain schools actually, you know, fall into the wayside that we have seen be blue bloods and be 
very successful in the field? Or do you see like schools like maybe a Texas that has the huge national brand in Notre Dame, like, you know, actually going further on? I mean, you know, like, I guess, I guess it's too, oh, we'll give a, I'll give the cop-out lawyer answer. I think it depends. Oh right? no. Um, well, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the decision trees, but like Ohio state, or, you know, Ohio is, uh, is on the verge of passing name image and likeness, same with Texas. So you are, it's not a coincidence that SEC country is four of the five states. I can't really make sense of New Mexico. And uh, <laughs> to your point, I, I don't think New Mexico is going to be a new blue blood. I don't think we're going to change the power structure for uh, what are the, are they the Aggies in New Mexico? They're the, they're the, the Mexico state is the, the Aggies and they're the Lobos. Yeah. yeah. Lobos, Lobos. Um, so, you know, I guess this, it's important to bring this up. So like, why are we talking about these five schools? Because as of July 1st, five schools are going to have name, image, and likeness. Now, when you get to the end of July, there's more schools. When you get to the end of 2021, there's more schools. So it's not to say that other schools aren't going to happen, right? It's just to say that these are going to be the first five to test the waters. So I think there's a total of maybe 16 states or somewhere right around the 13 to 16 that have passed it. So, I mean, it could be 13, it could be 19, it could be 20, as long as it's not all 50 states. So um, why I, I kind of want to point this out, if the federal government steps up, and you guys, I'm sure, are both familiar with this concept, there's a concept called federalism in the law. If the federal government doesn't say anything and they're kind of silent on a particular topic, for example, like cannabis, right? Cannabis, the federal government doesn't step in so states can do whatever they want. It's legal in Colorado, it's legal in different places. Same with sports betting. That's why sports betting is legal in certain states and not in others. If the federal government steps up, which there is an indication that they are, are planning to do it and maybe in the near future and passes uh, their version of name, image, and likeness to allow athletes to get paid and, and receive some type of compensation, that will be the law of the land across all 50 states. So it's not going to upset the balance of powers if all states and all schools within those states are bound by the same rules. Um, but if the federal government sits on their heels and they go, actually, we're not going to do anything, um, I can tell you, right, like I'm from New York, people go and place their, their bets in New Jersey. They cross state lines and they go over there when all of us, probably before all of us were born, uh, the drinking age was 18 in certain states and it was 21 in other states. And people would go to the states where they could drink in because, you know, that's, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, I think the recruiting edge is gonna be kind of akin to like drinking laws. If you had the option to go party in a state that was 21 versus a state that was 18 and you were 19 years old, like we would all be going to the state where, where you just had to be 18 to drink. So. Yeah, I, I think there's a world where it really does impact the college football and college sports landscape, but that's really contingent on whether the federal government wants to intervene here and, and try to basically bail out these other 35 or some odd states. So speaking of a decision, there was a decision recently on unionization of college sports and players becoming declared employees of schools. That could have some pretty sweeping effects, right? If it happened, sure. I mean, you know, we're talking about, um, and I think, Dave, it's a good question because like forever people have wondered like, where is all this money going, right? Like where does it right. just goes all to all the athletic facilities? But if, you know, um, if athletes are employees, you have to worry about certain, you know, you have to worry about A, right? Like minimum wage law. You have to worry about paying insurance for them. You have to worry about, you know, uh, giving them employment benefits. There's a lot of money that the NCAA keeps right now and they take advantage uh, because students are not technically employees, but I don't know, you just look across the pond, you know, look across the uh, landscape, look at the NFL, look at uh, Major League Baseball, NBA. Like, at this point, like 
are the lines kind of blurred? Like we, we know everything about Trevor Lawrence before he steps foot on an NFL field. Same thing with, with Justin Fields. The lines have been blurred a little bit by social media. And, you know, we look at these cases that have been decided at the Supreme Court level and, you know, lower levels in the country. And for years, the NCA said they wanted to preserve what they called this quote unquote amateurism model because they wanted right. to make sure yeah. college, college athletes didn't look like pros. But from my vantage point, college athletes look a lot like pros and they look more and more like pros every single year. So, yeah, I think uh, we're moving closer and closer to student athletes being deemed employees in, in some sense, at least I think they should be. And do you think that's going to be something that, you know, the NCAA, the governing body actually, you know, starts to help out with, or do you think it's, this falls once again on the, on the shoulders of the schools and the States themselves? I don't think the NCAA wants to do anything. I, think I mean, that right. Okay. I, I want that's the answer and, I wanted. <laughs> they're not, they, I mean, put it this way. They were supposed to come up with their proposed name, image, and likeness, like at the beginning of the pandemic in April, right? The world has stopped. We've all been a little bit more productive. We've all read our books. We've all watched our, our trash shows on Netflix, I'm sure. The NCAA yeah. has had so much time on their hands. And it's, it's now 2021, it's June, and they still haven't come out with their proposed name, image, and likeness. That tells you all you need to know. They don't want to do it, and they are hoping that the federal government bails them out so they don't have to do anything. So this is why we pay the NCA, why they get paid so much money because they do absolutely nothing and they continue to exacerbate this problem, at least, you know, from, from where I'm sitting. Yeah. I've been so, saying the same so, damn thing for a long time. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> so, so before my law school the days, truth is an absolute defense guys. That's what we know. Right. 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 So before my law school days, I was a sport management major. We talked a lot about like the concept of amateurism, whether we thought it was a good thing for the sports world. Do you have any opinion on whether the death of amateurism would be good or bad for sports in general? I mean, I, I don't know exactly what amateurism is at this point. Like, I think amateurism is just code, just like, let's not pay the players. Like, what, what, <laughs> what is it, right? You put names in the back of the jerseys, you're selling jerseys at stores. Um, guys have brands in school, you know, I don't, I don't really know where the lines are. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm going to, we'll go down the rabbit hole, but Drake, if you listen to the show, you know, I've been getting into this book, uh, about the uh, American Basketball Association. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this was the ABA back in the seventies. There was a point in time, you know, it's, it's, it's as crazy as it sounds where players were required to stay four years in college before turning pro. Um, and they couldn't make any money. This is before Julius Irving and Spencer Haywood and all these guys. There was a very clear line. Four years, you had to get your degree before you could go to the NBA. That's a pretty clear line between amateur status and professional status. And the NCAA and the NBA wanted to protect that. With the one and done rule and no one really getting their degree, I don't really know what, why we're protecting amateurism. Is it really amateurism if you know guys can stay one year at school and then depart for the pros? That just seems like you're taking a pit stop somewhere and then you're going to the pro. So I wouldn't even call that amateurism. So I don't really know what we're, we're, why we're trying to defend something, which to me doesn't really exist anymore. And not only that, I think the term amateurism didn't even start at the beginning of when college sports actually started. It started like back in what, the late 60s, early 60s, maybe the 50s at that point. And that begs you know, to another issue that, you know, that Dave and I have talked about at length is where that we – we're of the opinion of the NCAA, the call it, whether it be basketball, football, or baseball is basically a minor league system or a feeder track for these professional sports teams. So then I kind of want to, you know, go a little bit into the uh, antitrust issue uh, between the two. Uh, do you see that that, you know, being kind of rearing his ugly head again 
uh, within, within the future. Cause I know, I know Alston, you know, is like the decision comes out, out, I think what, in two weeks, something like that. So do you see that coming up again? I mean, the, the overall antitrust issue, like, I don't know. I, I think the NCA has tried to get this antitrust language for years. And, and for those that aren't familiar, like if we say antitrust a lot, I don't think people really necessarily know what it means. Uh, you know, the fun game that we used to play when we were younger, Monopoly, and when someone would get like Boardwalk and Park Place, they get all the oranges. Side note, guys, do either of you play Monopoly Deal, the card game? No, is it fun? No, but I do have it on my phone. You have Monopoly Deal, the card game? No, but the regular Monopoly. So I do play Monopoly. So someone of your thousands, tens of thousands of listeners will be listening to this and they'll say Monopoly deal is the greatest. My wife and I play it, but neither here nor there. Everyone, <laughs> everyone understands the, what, what Monopoly is. You have a certain amount of power. Uh, if you have all three of a certain color in Monopoly, whatever, you could exert a lot of control. So what the, uh, what the word has been on the NCAA level is like, listen, there is no competitor to the NCAA. You guys, the NCAA has all the colors. Right? They can do whatever they want. They can build houses, they can build hotels, and no one can really tell them otherwise because there's no, there's no competition here. So when you're able to exert that much control over a market, there are no other competitors. There's no equivalent of the NCA. Um, we've seen uh, antitrust laws come in and break up the uh, telecommunications industry with AT&T. We try to yeah. break up Google because they have a monopoly over search engines, Apple, uh, Microsoft. We see it time and time again. The NCA looks a lot to me to be a monopolistic enterprise. No one is keeping them in check. And that's what allows them to not pay their players. Now, um, you know, Drake, you had mentioned, we had on our podcast, which is now kind of, uh, is a guy named Andy Schwartz, who's created a league called the Professional Collegiate League, the PCL. Uh, if anyone's been following this on, on social, the over, overtime, people will know them over on, on Twitter and, and I'm sure Twitter uh, and over on Instagram, but they created something called the Overtime Basketball League. So overtime basketball league is going to be a form of competition against the NCA. If you are a high school level player, let's say you're the ages between 14 and 17, overtime will pay you hundred grand as a 16 year old to be in this league. The PCL league, the professional collegiate league is gonna function very similar. You're gonna be someone that's between the ages of 18 and 21. You're gonna be a college level player and you can get paid. Why are these leagues popping up? because the NCA doesn't want to pay anybody. And listen, if you could make a hundred grand in high school and then you could just go play in the professional collegiate league after that, why do you need the NCA? Get paid a hundred grand for six years from your freshman year of high school and all the way up until your junior year of college and then turn pro, make 600 grand and go to the pro. So, you know, um, the NCA is kind of its own worst enemy. They've essentially found a way for companies to compete against them because they've been so stubborn to pay people. So. Yeah, they, they might have worked themselves out of this antitrust conversation because there is some form of competition, but that could also be the death of the NCA in the same sense. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting time that, and, and debate that we're, we're in right now at that level. Whew. You hear that, folks? That's my stomach rumbling. And instead of me going for my usual Snickers or maybe go grab the Twizzlers, that's right, folks, I'm a huge Twizzlers guy, come at me. I am actually going to grab a Built Bar. I have the mo- I have the mixed variety box that's actually in my desk right now as we speak. And maybe I'll go grab one of Max's peanut butter brownies. Or maybe I'll grab a um, Celta Caramel from Dave. Who am I kidding? I'm going to go try Old Faithful. And I'm going to grab myself a Cherry Barcia. So, guys, head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your first order. What's 1-5%? 15 by using promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Folks, it's summertime. Try to get away from the extra sugar. Get those, get the protein you need with the low carbs. Head on over to Built 
Thank Thank me later. I'm curious if you think that the worst of it is football because basketball, you do have some other options. You can go to Europe and get paid right out of high school. You can play in the G league. There's different options. Baseball, you can go right to MLB. Mm-hmm. Football is different. You really, really, as a practical matter, have no other options. I know there's other things in Europe. It, it's not, if you're trying to play real football, that's not what you do. So football, the NCAA, does it not have, I mean, like the most obvious monopoly along the lines of what you mentioned, like Google and Apple and AT&T, how is that not the same thing? Well, it's, it's funny. So I just, you know, actually, I should give it a shout. It's not my book, but this book called, uh, it's this ABA book by a guy named uh, Terry Pluto. He explained that the ABA, in addition to creating that fancy ball and having afros and all this fun stuff, you know, three-point shooting contest, dunk contest, they were the ones that ruined, uh, or that created the one-and-done rule because they were, they were going after college freshmen to be in the league. So they were undercutting uh, the NBA who had this rule that you had to be, uh, you have to basically play for four years in, in college before you could go to the NBA. So uh, Dave, to your point, the ABA came in, competed with the NBA, and you know, I think improved the league for the better. So there's no monopolistic powers. The ABA had a competitor in the NBA. So now you go back. I don't think the NFL has a, as a competitor. I think the, the uh, NBA, to some extent, they do have foreign leagues, right? NBA is an international, basketball is an international sport. NFL is not really an international sport. So we have like, you know, the spring league, we have the XFL, uh, you know, we used to have the arena league. We have these, I think the fan controlled football league, Johnny Manziel's league. None of these are anywhere near the NFL level. None of them are anywhere near the NFL level of money. The NFL has this interesting rule. It says you have to be three years removed from high school in order to play um, at the professional level. Mm-hmm. That's not a real rule. That's an NFL, I don't know, made up rule. So yeah, I think it is a problem at the NFL level because guys have nowhere to go. If the rock wants to reinvent the XFL and say, Hey, Trevor Lawrence as a, as a college freshman can uh, go play with me for two years before he goes to the NFL. Like, I think that's a great thing. Um, but we just don't have that type of league to, uh, bring in that top town at this point. Yeah, about to say, I think the only like sport in general that you know that's followed by a lot of people that actually has like somewhat of a competitor that's on the same level is probably the UFC with uh, against Bellator and against One FC. But those are also their international organizations. They're not you know restricted to actually only to the US. And then back to my thing was I think the one big thing also that we're seeing right now is that social media is probably definitely the big you know driving point behind this nil this nil push. And also with that, you see the kind of the opposite of people, people that are, you know, against it and it's mainly coaches. So do you think that actually the one big reason behind these coaches, like, you know, being against it is basically they might be the first ones to suffer the blow when I know actually does, you know, come to kind of fruition. I mean, coaches obviously are not going to be, be in favor of it. Like coaches are paid ridiculous salaries at the collegiate level because like there's no one else to pay, right? You pay some administrators, but like, there's an unlimited supply of money. So like I was telling my wife, who's not a sports fan, like if you look at the highest paid coaches in any sport, college coaches are right up there with the pro coaches, which shouldn't make sense, except for the fact that you're not paying the athletes on the, we'll say the student mm-hmm. athletes on the team, whatever you want to call them. So yeah, it makes, it makes sense why coaches aren't in favor of it. And it also makes sense. Well, I guess we'll, we'll spin this. We'll play devil's advocate because we all, we all understand, you know, how to play the other side. I'm, I'm of the opinion, let's say like Zion Williamson could have been paid a million dollars a year to, to play for Duke. I don't know why Zion needs to go to the NBA after his freshman year. Maybe you want to be the big man on campus for four years. Maybe that improves the overall quality of the game. 
Um, if you have these kind of fringe second rounders, uh, you know, in the NBA or, or third round guys, they stay and they can be the starting quarterback for three, four years, get a little bit more experience. I don't, I don't know why no one is kind of saying that this could be helpful to the game, helpful to coaches. Um, I don't think anyone's, everyone's necessarily going to leave to get the bag uh, of money in the NFL and, and NBA. If you could make good money, like Tim Tebow, I'm sure could have done once upon a time at U of F. So yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I hope a coach at some point stands up and makes this argument. I haven't heard it. Um, I've had, I've heard uh, when California passed the new image and likeness, a lot of athletic directors on the record saying, we're not going to schedule games against California schools because they're going to have an unfair advantage. You extrapolate that over to Florida, which you guys were at the forefront of the image mm -hmm. and likeness. You were the first state that had July 1st pegged as that deadline. You know, uh, maybe there's going to be an AD that comes out and says, hey, I'm not going to schedule non-conference games against Florida because they have an unfair advantage. Um, one of these things in antitrust law that you cannot do is uh, you can't boycott competitors. So, yeah, I, I think coaches have to be very careful what they say or else it will resemble something that we call a group boycott, which you are not allowed to do. So, interesting. I would, I would parse out anything these coaches say. Uh, I think their jobs are on the line, and I think uh, recruits are paying very close attention to, to the coach's standpoint on this. No, I think you're about to see a salary cap on some of these coaches that maybe the, the schools are going to impose like uh, within their own conference and that's going to limit their pay. So maybe they can, you know, kind of withstand the blow with, you know, helping these kids, you know, get their endorsement deals. Cause you have schools like Florida state, that's a Nike school. You have a, a Jordan school, like a university of Florida. And also both those schools right now have like initiatives, like the apex to help them market and, you know, grow their brand, which is like the big thing going on right now. I was just going to say, you're probably <laughs> going to see something like the rookie pay scale in the NFL coming pretty soon. Cause Jesus, coaches are the highest paid employees in just about every state, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's absurd. Yeah, Dabo, I think, makes like, what, $9.5 Saban makes around 10 and a half. <laughs> well, Dan, it's been a lot of fun. We're about, you know, running out of time with you. I do want to ask you one question. What do you think our audience should watch for within the coming months, whether it be, you know, something NIL-related, sports-related, or just something, you know, on TV? What do you think we should be watching out for? Um, I mean, it, it's funny. I, I think we are about to see the tides of college sports change forever. And I don't mean that just as like, say this is like something big and I'm giving you some type of big you know, pronouncement, but um, even right now, like the law and you guys are all in, in a good spot. We're all in a good spot to talk about it, but the law is probably going to give uh, Florida a recruiting edge, right? The law is coming in and forcing a lot of change. Even the NCAA versus Austin case, like the Supreme Court is taking on college sports for the first time in 40 years, which you don't see happen. You see, you know, for better, or for worse, I don't know if people like politics and sports are kind of intertwined. You have politicians that are trying to secure votes by coming out with these sports betting bills, number one. And then number two, these like name, image and likeness bills. People are fighting to uh, really kind of push the, the vernacular of sports and push that forward. So. We're in a really exciting time where people have kind of realized, hey, the law can be our best friend in, in enacting change um, on a sports betting level. I, I keep mentioning sports betting. I might, I might dabble in sports betting, guys. You know, I might, might, might dabble in. This. If you do, go to um, betonline.ag, folks. Right. Go to betonline.ag. <laughs> I, I will, I will support that. I will support all, all things betting. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it's really exciting. Uh, it's a really exciting time for sports law, and I think. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the Austin decision comes down. But, um, you know, I mentioned the PCL League. I mentioned this overtime league. Uh, I think it's about time that, that you know, for, for as much risk and stress as these athletes put on their body with torn ACLs or, or anything else and these career-ending injuries, 
um, that they can make a little bit of money uh, for their families when they're in high school and in college. So that seems to be right on the horizon. It's just a matter of, uh, we'll say it's not, it's just a matter of which, not when, because we have five states so far, we're gonna get to 12, 13. Um, and I think it's just a matter before all states file uh, suit at this point, which is uh, definitely very exciting. I about to say, this is one reason why I got into law school. Like I, I wanted the, you know, the interest in sports with the law. It's been mainly, that's what I want to do like, you know, for the rest of my life. And it's really great to have someone like Dan on here. I think you're the one of the few people that are able to explain sports and law very simple and easy for people like me to understand. Cause it takes me a few times to get it through my head, but you know, seriously, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Once again, that was Dan Lust, the host of the number one sports law podcast, Conduct Detrimental for Drake, David, go nose, baby. What's up guys? Drake here. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I know it's a little bit of an unconventional week with the Get to Know Your Host series as well as the interview with Dan Lust. But however, one, we feel no time is better like now to go with the offseason content to get to know us better. And also with, with, with Dan, it's really important that we understand, I think as a whole, as a unit, as a seminal nation, to get what the NIL means where it leads to other issues like antitrust and employment for the athletes. And we feel that no time is better than the offseason to discuss that because change for college football and college sports as a whole is on the horizon. And quite frankly, it's for the better, but thank you all so much for listening and for all the love and support. Honestly, we're very excited to bring you the season preview within the weeks to come with each team we're going to have on. And again, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. We actually, it was a blast. Trust me and Dave, we were talking about that for a while and we still talk about it now. Hopefully you can come back on, you know, in the near future. But with that being said, thank you all so much for love and support. Also, we would not be able to do this or have this much fun or give you this great content without each and every one of you listeners. So please don't forget to like, share, or subscribe, either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. And you know, bring someone on and join the movement, the Knowles Anonymous movement on Locked on Seminoles. We are here to stay, and we are growing in number, and we are so excited for the come months ahead. So for that being said, for Max and Dave, I'm Drake, and we'll see you next time on Locked on Seminoles.